concept for ePartrade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for ePartrade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At ePartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of ePartrade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series uh, from ePartrade presented to you by ARP. I am Francisque Savinien, the founder and CEO of ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. And with me this morning is Judy Kin, the co-founder of ePartrade, and Mr. Jeff Hammond, uh, who is going to uh, step in for Brad Gilly today. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Can you hear me, Jeff? I'm doing well. Thank you. And you know, Francis, we've had a really good week. We have confirmed for Race Industry Week. Michael Shank, Mike Andretti, Michael Andretti, and also Emmett Hahn with uh, the Chili Bowl. Yeah, so, so the, we are preparing and um, it's looking good. Yeah, the, 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 the week is going to be absolutely incredible. You know, from Andretti to Zach Brown to Doug Yates, uh, you know, Inza, Jim Campbell, GM Ford. I mean, it's just like, so who's with the industry? So please join us. We have also a wonderful host, Jeff Hammond and Brad Giddy going to be hosting a lot of those webinars. So the week of the 29th of November, Monday to Friday, back to back five days, 55 hours of webinars. And so uh, this is going to be the second annual. Now today, um, so thank you, Jeff, uh, for uh, stepping in. Brad uh, uh, had to be traveling to the NASCAR races. So Brad and Jeff alternate uh, the, the hosting of webinars. So thank you very much, Jeff, for being with us today. Uh, we're going to travel to my own uh, country. We're going to travel to France, and we are going to be bringing two gentlemen from a company called Immersive that specialize in high-performance batteries for racing applications. So I am getting a signal from a producer 
Reed Keneski. We're going to have a double feature, correct, Judy, today? Yeah. First, the first hour, we're going to be talking with Immersive. And then in one hour, we're going to be bringing some very special guests from the uh, national, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, drag racing, I mean, the National Electric Drag Racing Association. And we're going to have uh, be with them for about an hour. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, American friends. How are you? <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. Jeff Hammond, we'll let you take over. Well, good morning, Francis and Judy, as well as gentlemen. Uh, welcome. Uh, I am totally thrilled about what we're getting ready to talk about. It is, uh, I've been reading some of the notes and everything, and, and you got to realize I'm old school. I'm so used to the idea of engines, but today we get a chance to talk about motors and be the, the, the correct way. This race car has got a motor in it because we all understand, or at least I do. My daddy taught me that uh, engines make their own power. Motors, they require electricity, and this is exactly what we're going to get into. The future of racing as it pertains to uh, elect electric cars. I mean, I think it's uh, the way with the future. And I, I'm really excited to hear what you guys are going to explain to me. Uh, fortunately, I have watched some uh, electric car races from uh, Europe, and I've been around some cars here. As a matter of fact, from uh, Team Penske, they've got pit, uh, pit stop cars that they run inside their shop that are electric powered. So, uh, you know, take it away. I mean, really educate us and bring us up to speed and give us an idea of, uh, you know, what's next. Thank you for this introduction, Jeff. That's that's great. Uh, let me just share my screen just to show you a few. No, I think. Can you actually see the screen now? Or is it coming up? Or... Yes. Is that is that okay? Or... It looks it looks great. Looks great. So yeah, I'll start with some introduction introduction on who will be speaking today to you. Uh, I will let Hanno to start with his presentation, and then uh, I'll take yes. over. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Arnaud Derante, I'm CEO and co-founder of the company Immersive. Uh, Immersive develops high-performance battery packs. And uh, yes, my background is that I used to work as an engine designer at PSA, uh, which is now Stellantis, part of Stellantis Group. Uh, and uh, I am the, the co-founder of EXOS, uh, a company specialized in thermal management since uh, 12 years now. I'm really excited to be here together with you, American friends. Uh, and yes, I think we're going to have some interesting discussions regarding uh, the trends and uh, uh, in motorsports, especially for electrification. And I'm together with Maxim. So, Maxim, please. Thank you, Arno. So, I'm Maxim Norgay. I've joined the company a few months ago, actually. I've done, yeah, 10 years uh, of experience in my career. So far, everything has been done in motorsport. So, I've been, yeah, working in LMP teams and uh, in customers. So, all I see engines. Uh, and over the years, I've bit changed my mind uh, on this and uh, started to join the electric racing, the electric motorsport industry with spark racing technology. So a pioneer in electric racing with the Formula E providing, providing some parts, for, so providing actually the Formula E cars. And a few months ago, as I said, I joined Immersive just for carrying on developing some such great technology that we try to showcase today. I'm not sure if, uh, if that's clear enough. I mean, do, do, do you have any, any experience and do you know what is the, the what is the electric racing at the moment, Jeff? Or is that something that we should cover today? 
we'll cover it then. So yeah, as a uh, um, electric uh, electric racing isn't new. I mean, it might it might, it might sound sounds uh, very futuristic, but actually started back in 2012. Uh, when you look at this graph, this quick graph, uh, started back in uh, Le Mans with the Audi winning uh, the first Audi hybrid winning the 24 hours of Le Mans. So it's back in 2012. Uh, 2014 was a big milestone in the electric uh, racing industry with the first, uh, the genesis of the, the, the Formula E. So the first EV, uh, fully EV cars, EV racing or uh, championship actually backed by the FIA as well. So it's it's quite a big achievement. Uh, in the same year, the F1 became hybrid with some, yeah, we became hybrid in the same year. Um, nowadays, there's more and more races. Obviously, these the, the races I mentioned in the championship still carrying on either in hybrid form or in fully electric, but there's even more uh, races with the, the, the Extreme E more recently, so SUV, big power, uh, going everywhere in the world, uh, new, a new championship, again, backed by the FIA. And even uh, in the next month, there, there will be, again, more more races with the WRX coming fully electric. And for you guys in the US, uh, you, you'll probably heard about the NASCAR and NISCAR, IndyCar looking at hybridation. So electrification, again, it's a thing happening uh, and it's, it's happening now. Uh, why, uh, I, I would say a, a few words on why the manufacturers are joining this. Um, as we know, the entire industry at the moment is shifting. The, 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 the motorsport and the, the, the electric motorsport is a thing. The, the, the finance are driven for, are driven for, for electrons, uh, everything uh, at least in the in Europe, uh, I'm not sure if that's the case really in the US, but in Europe, uh, when you see an advert for an automotive advert on TV, everything is about uh, electric cars or hybrid cars. So this is a thing. And as usual, the the, the, the big OEMs and the manufacturers are joining the, the racing industry and the racing championships uh, for marketing platforms. So for sure, it's, it's good for them to advertise that they are part, taking part of this championship. They are winning electric races. But as well, I mean, it's really all the, the essence and the, the hurt of, of racing since, since inception. Uh, it's to develop new technology and to, it's to use the, the, the racing as a lab. For sure, they are developing the next power train, the next generation of batteries and everything you know, on the racing uh, format and the racing championship because it's the most extreme, it's the most severe conditions. And for sure, if you can withstand these uh, extreme conditions, uh, you can, they, they will then uh, extend that on the on everyday car, on everyone's car. So, summarize. I mean, the, the manufacturer. There's a big interest at the moment in the and in the future for sure for electric racing, just for this for for the marketing and for the for for the technology for to develop the technology. So. I'll talk a bit more um, I mean, electric and motorsport, the, as, as you know, as you've seen, they, they, they are compatible. Um, how, how does it work? Uh, uh, you might not be familiar with. Uh, I've got a quick video to show you about the, those, that's a, a first generation of Formula E cars. So that's a single seater or credit to Formula E on this. Uh, that's the first generation. We're actually to the third generation, but they all work kind of the same. So there's always a battery, uh, the big black box that you can see that is connected to an inverter that actually is driving a motor. So the, the, the technology, whatever the, the, the electric racing car is, uh, is the same. So there's energy coming from the battery inside the inverter that is actually driving the motor. So the, 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 the current is flowing from the battery to the motor uh, through the inverter. 
that gives traction to the car with the uh, as you as you have seen on the on the video. The, the outstanding feature for, for an electric car compared compared to an IC car would be first you've got regenerative braking. So that means that instead of using your caliper and your pads, uh, your standard braking system just to brake the car, you can actually use the motor to brake the, the the car. And this will generate some power and regenerate some electricity, some energy inside the battery. So you can gain a bit of uh, autonomy of, uh, yeah, of energy inside the battery just be, just while it's braking. So that's a nice feature. Feature. And secondly, I will add, I mean, any driver that has uh, jumped in a Formula E car, in electric racing car, they always are standing by the by the instant torque. That's the thing of electricity. I mean, jump in the car, just standing car. Put your, your 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 foot on the on the throttle pedal, and it accelerates instantly with a great great acceleration. That's the instant talk that, that he's talking about. So it brings something new to the to the racing, uh, to the electric racing. So, but there's there's few thing. I mean, when when designing a car, it's not that easy. I mean, it, it, from from that picture, it looks very easy just to add a battery and an inverter and a motor together. But it's it's not that easy. There's there's a lot of compromises, a lot of uh, estimation and simulation to be done before, just to avoid to make any mistake. So just the the, the good uh, criteria, or I'm not sure what to say, but to design a battery, you have to know how you will use it. How will you use your car? Will you use it on a racetrack? Will you use it on dirt, on mud, on gravel? Where will you use it? Will it be in in Himalaya? In, Anywhere is possible, but you have to define this very precisely at the beginning, um, because that's when you make mistake, and you you don't want to make mistake at the beginning. For example, uh, the, the most most of the time, you are giving and you are providing a power profile, which is basically how much power you want to pull, you want to regenerate from your battery uh, under certain conditions, over lap or over um, an entire race. How many times? So all these conditions uh, they have to be defined early on. From this, uh, in the, in the battery, well, one of the key topic of of a battery because we talk a bit more on this uh, webinar about batteries. Uh, one of the key topic is that you know that when you pull power and when you regenerate regenerate power inside the battery, the cells or the where where the energy is, they will heat up. You have to contain and to maintain this temperature within certain level. Just to make sure that the battery performs as its best and its optimum. So here is a quick example, a quick draft of a simulation that we've done for a customer, where actually, when designing, when taking only the data sheet of the component, if you take only the data sheets, it will not work. You have to know everything because, for for example, here we we did simulate the the cell temperature, and you can see that there there is a limit to not to to exceed. Not to not to exceed, sorry. Uh, this limit was actually reached in less than one minute. So all these criteria, all these no, uh, all, all, everything has to be has to be taken in account. Because if you go over that limit, so either you will lose performance because you try to stay at the limit, but then you you have to derate what we call derating uh, the, the the power trend, so you have less performance. So clearly, it's a no-brainer for it's no go for, for for racing because you always want to go fast and you always want to have the maximum power from your car. Or actually, I mean, if you go over the spec in, in, the, in the temperature spec, for example, for, for a cell, you've got a big risk of fire. The, 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 the cell can actually take fire 
uh, this fire can expand to all the, the adjacent cell, all the other cell and everything. And, and then you, you end up with a battery in fire. So everything has to be maintained, has to be controlled, has to be designed and defined well ahead. And it's not that easy to just add some cell together. I've talked about cells. Um, what, what, what is actually a battery? Here again is the first generation of Formula E battery. So quite familiar, but it's um, what, a, a battery is again, uh, pretty much always the same. So they are cells, so they are the energy uh, storage. Um, they are connected together electrically through metal metallical part, which we call bus bar. So they are the, through this bus bar, the, the, the current flowing and enables you to, to, to have some traction to, your, to, to, to the car. As I mentioned, the, the, the cooling of the battery is very important. We'll come back on this topic a bit more later on, but you have to keep the, 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 the overall battery temperature within a certain level. So for sure, you have to maintain and you have to design it uh, at the beginning uh, of, the, of the project. And um, yeah, so that's one part. And then you have to, to hold everything together. So the, in, inside the battery frame. So the, at the end of the day, the battery looks like a big, big black box uh, for you, but inside there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of areas of development. This is an example of the first Formula, formula battery, but the, the figures are were already outstanding for, for the year it, it, it began. So it's Hayton Vaux that was 200 kilo, kilowatt uh, for about 200 kilos. And the number of cells, for example, on that battery was around 200, but depending on the on the shape and on what way you do, you can go to 3,000. I mean, it's, it it depends really on the on the use case that you want to do with your with your battery. Talking a bit more about the cells um, as well, you you have to know how you want to use and what you want to do with your car. Uh, it's very important because uh, there are different kind of cells. Uh, I'm not talking about chemistry. There's even other other aspect that I won't explore here. Uh, we try to, to stay focused on the on the cells, but they are, for example, three form factors, three very uh, big form factors. They all got the pro and cons, all got advantages. They're the cylindrical, the prismatical, the pouch cells. Some uh, like the cylindrical, they will be more used in a racing environment because they are smaller, so they are easy to, to adapt to any shape of the battery. You can design a battery around your car. It's, it's much easier. Where the prismatic, for example, and the, yeah, the, the cylinder could be easier to source probably. So that's when you need something fast and something very efficient. And as the racing hurt is, then you will go for cylindrical. But then the prismatic will offer other advantages, such as the, the, the fast charging, for example. If you want the battery to charge to charge in less than 10 minutes, maybe the prismatic will be the will be the choice that you have to make. Or the pouch will be more for production or it's it's a greater energy density. I mean, there's, there's a lot of advantage again. Uh, one technology to the other, you can you, you have to choose and you have to know very well. It's not that easy to design a battery at the beginning. When you know how, how you want to use your battery or you want to use your car, then you can make the proper choices depending on that. We talked about the the hurt, the, the cells, so which are really, really, again, like, yeah, the hurt of the battery. We can talk as well about the brain of the battery. There's another key key topic uh, is the this brain that we bring uh, what we call is what we call a BMS, a battery management system. So all the cells they are monitored every 10 milliseconds, one millisecond. There's a lot of instrumentation, a lot of sensors, everything just to make your car and your battery the most efficient possible, but as well and most importantly, 
the safest possible. So the, how does a, a BMS works? So there's most of the time a master BMS and some slave BMSs. Depending on your configuration, you can have up to 12, 16 slave BMSs. The, 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 the BMSs, the slave BMSs, they are measuring the voltage and temperature of each cell, and then they're communicating this to the master BMS. The master BMS will be the brain of the battery. So that's where the intelligence, where the, the, the communication with the rest of the car, the, the, the monitoring is done. So for example, the, it will monitor live how safe is the battery? Is there good isolation? Can you touch the car nicely? Is there no problem? Or is the battery overheating actually? If the battery is overheating, maybe we'll allow the car to, to pull less power, to regenerate less power from the car. But as well, we give, give some information on, on itself, just the, the SOC, so the state of charge. Is that fully charged? Can you still do your still some range to do or to, to go? It, it, it's really, really the, the brain. Uh, and this has to be taken. I mean, it's not only just some cells added together again once more. Um, when you design a battery, uh, you have to take care of this. What, what, what is my use case? Well, how I want to use my car? What I want to use my battery? So what kind of cells uh, should I choose? How should I monitor them? How can I make my battery safe as well? So the, this is just talking on the, on the battery, uh, but there are still plenty, there have been, and they, they, there is still some plenty of improvement to be made on the batteries. I will probably leave Arno to speak a bit more on this improvement that have been done in the past and are still being done, done now. So Arno, if you want to take over. Yeah, sure. So yeah, if you can uh, just have a look on uh, the uh, power and energy density uh, that is uh, uh, that has changed in Formula E. Uh, you can see in the video that uh, at the early beginning, the Gen 1 Formula E, uh, the pilot have to change the car uh, because the energy that was contained in the battery for a given volume was too low. And uh, it, it was authorized uh, at that time, only 20 minute race. And now in uh, after eight years of development with the similar, uh, similar weight and similar volumes, uh, they have doubled the power for, from 150 kilowatts to 300 kilowatts. And they have multiplied by 2.5 the uh, time, the race time that they can do, so the energy that is contained inside the battery. So you can see that there are a lot of improvements being done uh, in the race industry for battery in only eight years, uh, power multiplied by two, and um, let's say range of the, of the car multiplied by 2.5, and there are still room of improvement. Uh, for your race and for your vehicles. Uh, but more and more power and more and more energy leads to a uh, higher heat uh, to be removed from the car. And here we come to uh, the several cooling systems that exist for cooling the batteries. So you can see, uh, basically, there are three main cooling types uh, from the air cooling. Air cooling is just that you blow air on the cells. And then you have the liquid cooled cold plates. That means that you have an external cold plate in which you have a fresh liquid, water glycol, that circulates uh, to cool the battery, but it is external, so not uh, in direct contact with the cells and the buzz bar that are the, the things to be, uh, yes, to be cooled. And then you have our technology, uh, so it's called immersion cooling. 
which is three to 10 times uh, less than the, the best gold plates. Uh, and what does it provide to you? It provides a, a continuous power uh, to energy ratio that is higher than five. That means that if you have, a, let's say, uh, let's take a simple example. If you have a 100 kilowatt hour battery, you can get 500 kilowatts out from this 100 kilowatt hour battery. So five times the energy, the power equals five times the energy. And uh, you can see that the heat transfer coefficient, which is just the image of uh, the capacity of the cooling system to remove uh, um, to remove the heat from the inside of the battery to the outside of the battery is uh, far higher. It is 10 times more important than air cooled and uh, uh, approximately uh, uh, three times more efficient than uh, cool plates. So if you want the best performance, you need to cool your batteries uh, and we call it keep it cool to keep it efficient. Uh, that's what, the way we present it. And this is what we provide. So maybe next slide, uh, Maxime, thanks a lot. So let's have a deeper look in the technology in detail. So the immersive technology. So we use immersion cooling. You can see on the left side that there is a liquid inside the battery. So directly, this liquid is called a dielectric liquid. Naturally, this is a non-conductive liquid. Uh, and this is a thermal liquid, thermal non-conductive liquid to be exact. And this liquid is inside the battery. Uh, you enter the battery with a fresh liquid. And the advantage of it is that you have the cells at uh, uh, the, the average cell temperature, so the delta uh, T, uh, the delta temperature between the hottest and the coolest cells is really well controlled thanks to our system and uh, cooling system. And the, you can also monitor the uh, highest temperature that your cell uh, never uh, need to exceed or will never exceed. Uh, I mean, for example, most of the cells are limited to 50, 55, 60 degrees Celsius and that you can monitor it thanks to this system. How do we do that? We have uh, a knee BTMS in our case, so it means uh, battery thermal management system. So normally a BMS battery management system is here to control the safety uh, as a, and, and, and the charging uh, strategy as Maxim already explained. In our case, it controls also uh, the cooling loop, uh, which is uh, brand new. And we coupled uh, this both innovation with advanced algorithm to get the best performance out of a battery pack. And so this leads to smaller batteries with higher performances. Okay, maybe next slide, Maxim, thanks for that. So this is, uh, uh, as vehicle manufacturers, uh, some of you are vehicle manufacturers, you will need to integrate uh, this technology inside your vehicles. And this is, uh, these are examples on how to integrate uh, a battery pack inside a vehicle. Here, the image is for flat battery pack for an EV car, but you can imagine to have a U-shape or T-shape where the battery can be integrated inside a tunnel. Uh, we have a modular approach, so we can stack the modules uh, in horizontal or vertical direction. Uh, no problem for that. It depends on the constraints of the vehicles, naturally, and the energy you want and you need to embed for your race. And then the cooling loop is uh, simply a cooling loop. So you have in the front of the car a front radiator, and then you have pumps, you have pipes, just like a normal cooling loop inside the vehicle. We have several patents on that, and naturally uh, we act on two things. Uh, the way the complete system is being controlled to ensure the best performances and 
safety. Uh, this is also key uh, in the race industry. Uh, you can have crashes. These are often, this, uh, this happens often. And then uh, you need, or we need as a battery pack provider to ensure uh, uh, the maximum safety to our customers. And thanks to uh, this immersion cooling technology, as the cells are submerged inside the liquid, if a cell catches fire, it does not propagate to other cells. So doing so, we uh, provide uh, uh, key integration features to provide uh, the best weight or the best uh, performance uh, overweight ratio uh, that is, uh, yes, in the industry for battery packs. Okay, can go, yes. So just a few words of, on our uh, company Immersive that develops submerged high-performance battery packs. Uh, so just have a look on that. So. We provide, as uh, uh, Maxim explained, uh, everything begins with battery sizing. And this is really important. Uh, each race, each vehicle, each cycle needs an, a proper adaptation. And so this is our core expertise to size correctly a battery, to choose the right cell, and uh, to provide you with the best performance and safety ratio. And then we develop everything in-house uh, from the high, uh, for, from the battery, naturally, the modules. So we buy the cells, stack them into module, and then assemble the module into a battery pack. But we also provide the uh, high-voltage battery management system. Uh, we do the test internally, and we manufacture our own batteries. And depending on your needs, uh, you can focus on charging time. So we have applications and cells that are well dedicated for fast charging. So in that case, we put uh, under 10 minutes for a 20 to 80% charging time. But you, we can have with custom cells, or uh, if you look at uh, from 20 to 50%, for example, uh, uh, charging, uh, we can reach uh, uh, better performances like uh, uh, two or three minutes uh, charging time. Then uh, you can, you might be looking for high power to energy ratio um, factor, and this is also what you can provide. Uh, we can provide very high ratio because we completely master the uh, cooling, uh, the cooling loop and the, uh, the heating of the cells. And we maintain the cell temperature and the delta of temperature between the hottest and the coolest cells in uh, the right range uh, that is uh, compliant with the data sheet and also that provides you with the best uh, performance. And then we have safer batteries than uh, competitors because we have no fire, uh, thanks to our liquid that acts uh, simply like uh, fire extinguisher liquids. Uh, so if a cell catches fire, then uh, it's, uh, it cannot propagate to other cells. So this is what we provide at Immersive. Uh, and let, then let's have a look to uh, your projects or your needs maybe in the future. So if you wish to develop a, a, a hybrid or full electric vehicle uh, in 2023, we should begin to talk uh, as soon as possible because uh, there are plenty of uh, steps before uh, providing you with a high performance battery that is really dedicated to your needs. Uh, first, we need a lot of uh, exchanges regarding the definition of your needs. and. Uh, don't be uh, scared by that. We have uh, all the tools uh, to help you to uh, fill a lot of uh, Excel sheets and uh, uh, let's say, let's call them technical requirements. Uh, so we have a lot of habits for that. And then we do the design and testing. We can also act as uh, advisor for the choice of e-motors and, uh, and uh, converters or uh, DC-DC uh, uh, machines, uh, naturally. 
Uh, then there is a vehicle integration. So uh, we will need to put the battery pack inside the vehicle uh, and then all the tests to be done on the track. Uh, so this, this generally represents between 18 and 24 or even 36 months, depending on the uh, complexity uh, of your project and your needs and the number of cars to be equipped and so on. Uh, so yeah, if you wish to have a project in two or three years from now, from now we should begin to talk uh, as soon as possible, and we are really happy to uh, have this opportunity with our American friends. Uh, next slide, please. Okay, so the thing that we like you to keep in mind and to take away from our presentation is that we do believe that motorsport uh, will change and electrification is a must. And we see it in Europe, in Asia as well. And maybe uh, we will see it more and more in the US. And the reasons uh, were explained by Maxim. Um, yeah, we see that the major brands uh, that are uh, pushing electrification or that are forced uh, due to CO2 emission regulation to provide uh, BEVs, uh, battery electric vehicle to their customers, now they want to put money uh, on uh, uh, electrified motorsports uh, because it's a marketing platform as well as a lab to develop their new technology. So we do believe that electrification is a must. It's no more the future, it's the present. Uh, working together to be ready for tomorrow, as said, uh, yes, it's generally 18 to 24 months for this type of projects. And uh, you're going to have all my uh, contacts uh, in the next slide. Uh, so you can keep that uh, contact and maybe uh, ask uh, Ipartrade uh, if you don't have uh, time to, <laughs> to write it down. Uh, but do not hesitate to ask them and to contact us whatever the, by phone, by email, or directly on our website. Uh, we are really happy to help you on your uh, projects, uh, electrification for racing projects. And uh, yes, we are now here to answer to your question together with Maxim. Maybe Jeff, you want to uh, also add a word on uh, the presentation that we just gave. Well, thank you very much. Uh, very interesting, guys. And, and again, I was being quiet because I felt like I had printed out your presentation today and had been reading through it and kind of keeping up with it uh, on, on paper along with what you're doing here. And it brings to me, you know, being a NASCAR guy, Obviously, we have been, you know, forewarned through the folks at NASCAR that we will be working, you know, toward an electric race car in, in NASCAR's future. So that's a thought process. And at the same time, um, I've got a question as far as what, what is the horsepower to weight ratio when you take a look at one of our big bulky uh, stock cars that we're racing here in the United States? And then I look at what you're currently racing and Formula One and E and uh, the other uh, Le Mans type series that you're racing currently in Europe. How does that compare? And at the same time, if we've got heavier vehicles, what can we expect? And, and where and where is going to be the plus and minus on you know that scenario? And is um, uh, a max as far as speed that we could be be expecting acceleration and everything like that. I know acceleration is not a problem with an electric car. I've already seen that. Uh, I know that uh, a few years ago, or at least I, I know it's been many years ago, I should say, uh, Ferrari had that combination battery um, engine driven car that set world records because, you know, they would, it would launch incredibly fast and then change over to 
uh, one of their uh, normal aspirated engines. So the, 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 the future is there. So have you looked at NASCAR and you know, what can we expect as far as your company and their involvement? Sure, I know you want to take it or? No, I think it's more yeah, a technical question regarding the vehicle. So maybe you can yeah, take the, it. For sure, at the moment, as you understood, the, the, the acceleration and torque, the instant torque is the key factor for, for electric racing. Um, obviously, there, there are some limits still. I mean, the, 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 as, we, as we mentioned in the presentation, the technology is evolving very quickly, but it's, it's still, it's not mature. I mean, it's mature, but it, it, there's still some areas of improvement. Uh, with that technology of battery, you you will be able to to to, to have a smaller battery for getting. Uh, I, I know that NASCAR the, the the power is is king. I mean, power is king. The the, the you, you need more power to get that much power. Uh, we we are bringing a new technology that will enable to you to to have a smaller battery. A smaller battery not only means a smaller size, but obviously smaller weight. So all these factors, they are bit, yeah. The, the, you, when you take them in account, uh, you will be you, you see the figure, you've seen the figures, how, how much it evolved. So for sure, uh, if we start to, to, to work now for NASCAR, it can bring a lot of entertainment and a lot of uh, acceleration at the beginning, but even we can push the technology and we are pushing the, the, the sales and the technology further and further for this. I'm sure that will bring a lot of excitement to the races. We got, we got several questions here, guys. I don't know if you can see them, but we'll bring some of them up to your attention. Aram Oh, I think the difference in fast charging versus slow charging. The difference, um, uh, the, the, the name speaks by, by itself. I mean, the, the, the fast charging, you will be able to charge your car in 10 minutes from 20 to 80 percent. So the, the, the battery is almost empty. And then you, you, you charge it in less than 10 minutes to get it to, to a state of charge, which is more 80, 85 percent. So it's pretty much full. Uh, which is a big, big uh, way forward for the technology. At the, before, uh, when you're talking Formula E, it's uh, called a slow charging so far. It was called a full, yeah, slow charging. Uh, the, the battery would take uh, an hour and a half or uh, yeah, an hour to charge fully. So basically, you, you enable, uh, uh, for a racing perspective, you enable either, uh, not yet pit stop, but uh, you can see that the technology is getting there. Some uh, yeah, probably in the near future you you'll have pit stops that will enable you to to fast charge your battery and to go again, or even some some races like uh, rallycross they might they, might. They, they will go for for, for animation technology, and that will enable them to have a uh, lot of uh, races within the day because they are very short races but you need to have uh, six seven eight races within the same day so obviously you can't spend one hour and a half charging your car between two 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 heats and two two races. So the, yeah, the, 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 the figures to, to remember are probably an hour and a half before for charging battery compared to 10 minutes to charge it from 20 to 80 percent. That's, that's the figure we're talking about. Yes, and we see more and more uh, uh, championship uh, uh, increasing their power, their charging power. Like uh, the Formula E next generation will be 600 kilowatts uh, instead of, uh, yes, uh, 150, I think it was in the past. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and six six hundred kilowatts for uh, for thirty seconds, and then you have the FIA EGT Future GT Future Championship that will charge at seven hundred kilowatts, which is enormous. Uh, also for less than one minute, but uh, 
uh, with this uh, very high power charging uh, station, uh, then you can get probably 20 to 30% in only in less than one minute. Uh, so this is also quite impressive and we can imagine races for which uh, maybe we don't charge at 80%, but we discharge the battery at 20% and then charge again for uh, another 30, 40%, but in less than one minute, uh, just to uh, uh, yes enlarge or increase uh, the, the the time of the race. Yeah. And Don Evans is wondering, does the emission immersion have any hazardous properties? No, sure. This is uh, one of our main concerns. Uh, uh, we work in an industry that is uh, uh, tending to be uh, uh, to have less environmental impacts, and uh, uh, so we we have uh, lots of criteria to select the fluid, and uh, they have uh, for sure no no hazardous properties, uh, neither on the human beings uh, nor on the environments, and this is really key. And uh, just to mention that we already have a. Two uh, fluid makers that are US-based company, even though we already have also uh, other companies based in, in Europe uh, uh, for providing this type of fluids. And now I think the the fluid maturity is already obtained uh, to have uh, for sure non-hazardous fluids uh, with very high performance. And Ed Art, Art would like to know. Do you see racing classes using the same size battery and type of battery packs within the cars to keep racing classes equal? You know, maybe similar to like an IROC type series. Sorry, I mean, I mean, I missed a bit the question. Uh, I'm not sure if you got it, Arno, but there's been. Please, Jeff. Let me repeat it. I'll be glad to repeat it. Yes, please, please, Jeff. Sorry, sorry okay. for that. No problem. He said, do you see race classes using the same size of battery and battery packs within the car to keep the racing class equal, you know, maybe to a similar, you know, similar type series? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the, the, the whole essence of Formula E. I'm not sure if that answered the question, but Formula E, the, 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 the battery packs, they are all equal within the cars. Um, the, 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 that's yeah, basically any any team that competes uh, has got has got has been provided with a battery, uh, which is the same just to keep everything equal. Uh, it depends on the on the championship at the beginning. I mean, sometimes the the, the battery will be open just for for getting the technology and getting more and more technology, or sometimes just for getting the yeah the the equity between the competitors. Then the the, the same battery will be used by by everyone. Well, and Frank wants to know, how do you envision the full EV races uh, of longer duration? For example, the 24-hour races, would you swap batteries during pit stops or, you know, what would you, what would be the recommendation there or what is you, do you foresee? Yeah, at the moment, there are some championships that are going the way of changing the battery quickly. Uh, but for, for example, uh, obviously one day that we come uh, that the battery is fast charged and everything with the technology that, that is bring, brought onto the market, uh, we'll be able to withstand a 24-hour race. So when, uh, is a hard question, uh, you see that evolves very quickly, I would say, I don't know, in, in 10 years time maybe, or I'm not sure exactly, but for sure that will happen and sooner than we expect. So 
thing as far as I know that there's some people playing around with uh, solar panels when it comes to, you know, charging the operator electric cars uh, currently and other types of, of uh, motor, motor, motor driven, you know, engines, uh, as far as that's concerned. I've seen some folks talking about, you know, trying to put electric engines and, you know, in track, for example, and, and stuff that could be used uh, on construction sites, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do you feel like that's something that is, is in the future? Yeah, sure. Infrastructure will need to be taken into account and a charging station for the, the racing tracks will uh, will be integrated more and more uh, at the circuit level. And you're right, uh, they, they will need probably uh, solar panels, uh, wind turbines, or uh, even, uh, uh, let's say, hydrogen fuel cell generation, uh, gen set generators. Uh, yeah. In, in Xfinity, for example, the, the charging station has been, has been taken in account and uh, this is done by fuel cell. So yeah. this is clearly an area that yeah needs development, but is developing at the same time. Yeah, and and, uh, and this very large charger uh, will probably embed batteries as well <laughs> uh, to decrease uh, the, the the power needed from the electrical grid. Uh, so, you know, you will uh, uh, charge the battery of the chargers uh, during night, for example, and then during, for, during the race, you will discharge the battery inside of the batteries uh, with the help of the electrical grid. Uh, so yes, uh, this is a complete infrastructure that needs to be uh, uh, rethink, uh, and uh, and I think we we are going in this direction. When when we're looking and doing a comparison to type of race cars that you're trying to uh, basically be put into this Le Mans currently, when you take the the weight of the engine as well as the batteries. And or the motor that you have compared to an engine and with fuel cells and fluids and stuff like that. How does that compare? I mean, battery pack and everything, is it, is it a lighter uh, total unit or is it about the same? It's getting there. It's still behavior, but yeah, for sure. I mean, compared to, to an IC car, the, 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 the biggest uh, disadvantage, I would say, of a battery, that's still, uh, frankly, is that when, when, you, when you empty your tank, then the, your car gets, gets lighter. But uh, it doesn't happen with a battery. But for sure, uh, at the beginning, uh, as we mentioned in the slide, with the evolution of Formula e batteries, at the beginning the, the the battery was quite heavy compared to the to the size and to a normal uh, uh, fuel tank. But we we yeah the, the the technology managed to 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 keep that weight down and down and down. And again, that's that's an area of development. Uh, at the moment, uh, it's it's hard to say. It depends on your application, on the power, on the energy that you need. But it's it's quite comparable. Uh, the yeah, a motor is probably weighing 20 kilos. Uh, so it's uh, it, the, yeah, it, it's heavy, but it's clearly nowadays uh, it's comparable comparable weight compared to uh, an IC engine and IC system. Let's say. Yeah, I think the only thing that is not comparable today is uh, the energy embedded. So that means that uh, with a fuel tank, uh, you can run uh, hours and uh, with a battery, you can you can run uh, for several tens of minutes. Uh, so there, there is still a difference here for sure. 
We've got so many questions right now from, from Greg and Rich and Keith and everybody. And, and a lot of it is directed, you know, at the batteries, you know, what's the upcoming future for the batteries. I've got a question of as far as the longevity of the batteries, as well as the, uh, the motor itself. I mean, how does that compare as cost wise? Well, the longevity of the battery for sure is, is a key topic for us as well. And that's why uh, having the, what we talked about the BMS and uh, maintaining the cells within the right temperature and all this technology that helps you to get a battery for a long time. Just uh, at the beginning, again, the, the cells were degrading very quickly because we didn't have the experience and the feedback from the racing environment on how to use the cells where now, now I mean, we, we, we know the products, we know the cells, we know how to use them, we know the limits of, of the cells, thanks to, 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 to BMS, for example, we monitor them 100 times a second. So that keeps the, the, the battery very healthy for a very long time. Uh, to, yeah, you, everything depends on your usage, but for sure we can guarantee that the battery will be, uh, can do, for, for, for a racing environment, um, it can do years of racing. For Formula E, it's, it's three four years four five years with the same battery with the same cell so it's it's clearly a key topic for us in the development yeah and this is an entry point for the the book of specifications from the technical requirements it, it will be the what is the longevity of the battery that is required by our customers and this is something that we can design and uh, choose uh, by this uh, constraints i would say so uh, clearly this is something where we uh, where, where the industry and, and the technologists uh, improved a lot in the last 10 years. Uh, and now they confirm uh, that uh, what Maxim just mentioned, we are here. Uh, we are capable of designing batteries for years. Yeah. And I'll say, and again, talking about all the different series that you're involved with right now, uh, how about the Extreme E series? I mean, how do you, what do you have to do there that's different in that series, as far as the and the dust, etc. As as any race, as any championship, as any new development, you have to rethink everything on the battery. So maybe the the, the kind of cell that we use, uh, not yeah, I'm not saying anything on extreme or Formula E, but uh, it, it starts from the cell choice. Uh, so for sure, you cannot take a battery that is designed for Formula E and expect it to, to well behave in Xtreme. The power is different. Uh, Xtreme would be four-wheel drive compared to two-wheel drive in Formula E. The, the, the conditions, the CV conditions are clearly not the same in Formula E, in the dust, in the, in the, in the Arctic or whatever. In, yeah. So for sure, you have to rethink everything. Um, it's a complete new development where with uh, a complete new, yeah, complete new specification at the beginning. And Ron would like to know, will the batteries be recyclable, rebuildable, to be able to keep them environmentally friendly? Uh, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's a very good question regarding the the fluid, yeah, the, uh, we'll we, we are taking that into account as mentioned. So the fluid needs to be environmental friendly, which means either biosource, bio, biodegradable, or fully recyclable. So we have the three uh, choices possible. Uh, and then regarding the rest, uh, uh, the, the cells and the rest of the battery, it's like any kind of batteries. So it, it, uh, we buy cells uh, from cell suppliers uh, so it is linked to uh, the cell supplier uh, 
recyclability, uh, and and then the rest is just metal, so uh, metal and plastics. Uh, I would say so. Is basically the rest is basically like any other type of batteries. The only difference we bring in terms of uh, environmental impact is that we bring a thread inside the battery. Uh, but as mentioned, this thread is uh, already chosen to be environmental friendly. So the rest of recyclability and so on, we can just add that thanks to our uh, let's say cooling system, we uh, we can improve the lifetime of the battery for a given solicitation, for a given cycle. Uh, if you take a cycle and if you have a battery cooled by air, our will last longer thanks to immersion cooling. This is for sure. So this 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 is already an answer that, okay, uh, our battery will last longer, so the environmental impact will be lower. With all the different Le Mans Hybrid and Extreme E, and as you have already started looking at, you know, from 2022 on NASCAR and things, where can we expect the next series to come from? I mean, are you guys working with anybody, including, you know, motorcycles or anything else? I mean, are, are there other series that are looking at what we could, what we, what's going to be the future? What's going to be the next, uh, basically, you know, to fall in the racing world? Yeah, I think the the GT GT will be the next uh, thing. So maybe you you've seen a Porsche announcements uh, at the IAA uh, last month with the Mission Air prototype, so still a mm -hmm. prototype presented, but uh, they clearly uh, want to to sell this car. Uh, maybe in 2024 or 2025 or around that uh, that period. So yes, we do believe that uh, all the the GT races uh, will be electrified in the in the near future, either hybrid or free electric. Yeah. And one other sa safety issue have at this point in time is the the batteries the biggest problem as far as you know safety concern is and fires and onboard fires. Yeah, it is the biggest problem and the biggest solution as well, as we mentioned. For sure, the, the where where, where the, the, the fire can start or where it's the most likely to, to expand and to, to, to be the most harmful is the battery. But again, it's where the, the all the technology has been brought just to keep that safe. Uh, because we know, as Arno mentioned during the presentation, uh, racing, there will be some crashes, there will be some heavy-duty usage. So... For sure, you have yeah. This has been thought since the beginning, and that's why we we I think, in my opinion, the the, the uh, an electric racing car is safer than the IC. And you share a little bit of the experience of being around some of the test sessions and race car race race cars that have raced electrified. What is the response from people like Jason, uh, Jason Button? As far as the drivers concerned, are they are they surprised the quickness of of, yeah, of the vehicle? Yeah, they are very surprised with the acceleration. As I mentioned, I mean it's always the outstanding point. As soon as they jump in the car, they just they they, they don't really know what to expect. The the the, the two key points are the acceleration, the, the instant torque. This is a really outstanding. Yeah, I mean they, they, all, all the drivers uh, jump out of the when they jump out of the car, they say, "Wow, that's fast. That's fun. That's that's fun to drive." And then the noise, the noise is, is a key difference. Uh, they are used even when the car is standing, there's, um, they're used to the IC noise of a, of, a, of a motor. And then with an electric car, you don't get this noise. So it's, it's quite new. I mean, they, they, they need to get used to that. But as soon as they, 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 yeah, any driver, any even experienced driver as Jensen Batten or any, any other, 
um, they, they get used to that and yeah it's, it's, it's great fun it's completely different to, to the, what, what they used to well I know this you know I'm sitting there thinking when you say that uh, the sound is probably one thing is probably the most challenging for me because I'm so used to hearing the roar of the engine uh, but you take it one step further in, in the line of competition a lot of race car drivers realize you know I got a guy inside of me outside of me because I can hear him I can feel him and today I guess this would be one of the things that has, has to be uh, a big learning curve for, for for those who have grown up in a noisy world yeah it is a learning curve but I mean he brings some advantages um, um, a driver in an IC car in a petrol petrol car he won't be able to to hear these tires squeezing or how to 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 feel the the limits of the car. Where in in an electric car, he might feel that even better, and he might be able to push the car even even further, in, even to the maximum, thanks to that. So he, everyone needs to get used to, because that will happen. But it's yeah, there there, there is some advantages on this. And regarding some business case, it's also interesting to see that some circuits that are forbidden to have races during the night or after some uh, late hours, I would say, uh, will be authorized with electric racing. So you can also imagine new type of championship inside the cities like the Formula E is just proving it's inside the cities, which is not the case anymore for, for ICS. Uh, so it, it also brings some new opportunities, but you're right, uh, sounds <laughs> sounds is, is really linked to, to the yeah, racing entire industry. Uh, this is a challenge, but uh, yeah, this, this will come and, and mentality and, and new generation are also bringing uh, this uh, this new world. You, you can see that, for example, uh, the extreme teams, you have uh, Jensen Button, but not only you have Nico Rosberg, you have uh, Lewis Hamilton, uh, and, and all of these uh, drivers, they are 30, 35 years old. They also want uh, to send a clear message that they are uh, conscious about their environments and this will come more and more with new generations also well gentlemen it's been a pleasure i mean it's been very informative and it gives everybody like a general overview of it is coming it's coming fast and, and each day you guys are making progress and, and you see the uh, the competitions getting keener or, you know especially over in europe and i know that it's going to be coming to you know the united states you know in a big way because you know, we've been warned it's just right around the corner and we already got people working on it just like yourselves. Really, thank you very much. And uh, with a couple of minutes we got left, if you have anything else you'd like to share with our uh, attendees, just fire away. Thank you for the opportunity for us to showcase our technology. And it was very great to speak to you and to touch the, the US market. Yes, and we'll be really happy to to have meetings with you, US people. Uh, yes, naturally, we we are all looking at the COVID situation and hope we'll be uh, <laughs> uh, be able to travel soon in your country and have a lot of meetings and exchange about this electrification in racing because uh, this is what we like to do also to get to bring support and also to have this uh, exciting uh, exchange on uh, how this motorsport world will uh, change in the coming years. Well, thank you very much. What a what a great session, and uh, and so I know it's a, a new things, you know, in the U.S. but around the world as well. You know, it's still uh, the amount of electric car racing is still very tiny compared to the overall and growing. And uh, and I I very much uh, uh, enjoyed this presentation today because it reminded me the uh, you no know, twenty something years ago 
when I first moved to the U.S. and uh, NASCAR Jeff was you know big crew chief, you know, in in and won several championships. NASCAR was running carburetors, and uh, everything was about you know engine management system and EFI in Europe and around the world and change evolved. And so there is a real globalization in the industry, and and that's a very important thing. So you have technology coming here. You have U.S. yesterday. Or talking with the people from Penske Shocks, it's the U.S. Uh, suppliers of suspension, who is a, a big partner of us. They are developing suspension for Formula One right now. So it's it's a global market and uh, and it's a global sport and uh, and it's very interesting to see different trends going uh, uh, you know there and there. And actually, our next session is going to be with a racing sanctioning organization that is. You know, very drag racing in in the U.S. compared to Europe is a huge market. So more than a third of of the of the uh, of of the racing population, and it's you know they're starting to go electric. So it's going to be a fascinating session next, and a great transition. Registering on EPAR Trade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the dropdown. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.